But tonight's kind of on a different topic. I'm starting a new series. Um, if you can bring it up, Blake, if you don't mind. Without love. Without love. We're going to be here for probably four, three or four weeks. Um, th- this is this is part of the of the study that I teach when when you go through marriage counseling, and um, it's not just about marriage. That my my series that I'm starting tonight is not about marriage, and I'm not going to go long tonight. We've got a we've got a celebration to have, and um, but I believe that love. I believe that the key to the church having such a hard time today is the lack of love. And from the beginning of time, poets and prophets have been trying to describe the passion and the power of love. But no one has been able to do it as good as Paul did in 1 Corinthians 13. And we're going to stay there just for a little while. Not Shakespeare, not Keats, not even Browning who said, how do I love thee? Let me count the ways, the ways. What does love look like? This is what we're going to be looking at. What does love feel like? What does love sound like? And have we forgotten what genuine love truly is? Our lives are shaped around people who love us and those who refuse to love us. If a man says that marriage hasn't changed him, he hasn't made it out of it church yet that means the ceremony are y'all with me okay yeah okay i could tell you weren't the only one anyone that says it's it's like the same statement if you've never been offended in church stick around didn't get much out of that one either let me try another one Psychologists say, and this is true, that women marry men like their fathers. I believe that's probably why mothers cry at weddings. Good. One of the greatest mysteries of marriage is this. When a father-in-law says, how can that dumb, that dumbbell who married, who married my daughter last year become the father of the world's smartest grandchild? The average woman would rather have beauty than brains. Why? Because the average man can see far better than he can think. You know, these are funny, but most of them are are true. What love is not? Love is not an emotion. A young man sat in a pastor's office describing his future bride and said, Pastor, when I'm around her, I can't breathe. And the pastor responded, it's not love, it's asthma. (laughs) Jesus didn't say, I was hungry and you felt sorry for me. Jesus didn't say I was naked and you felt shame for me. He didn't say I was in prison and you were embarrassed for me. He didn't say I was sick and you were sympathetic with me. He said, I was hungry And you gave me no food. I was thirsty. And you gave me no drink. I've messed up the PowerPoint. It says, I was a stranger. And you did not take me in. 
I was naked and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Please don't let this go over your head. Please hear Jesus' cry to the church to feed the hungry, to give drink to the thirsty, to take strangers in and to clothe them, and to, and to visit those in prison. You know, we have people that's not necessarily in a physical prison, but that are bonded, but that are bound, bound by the world and by the things of the world. And we don't want to touch them. We don't, we don't even want to know their problems because then we might have to respond. What love is not? Love is not sex. Love is not the urge to merge. And love is not a hormonal response. That is not love. I heard a pastor once say that it used to take a cotton gin to make a woman's dress. But today, a silkworm can do it on his lunch break. You know, we can't even watch commercials. We can barely watch TV that says it's rated PG. And we have to sit there with our pause button ready. We can't respond fast enough to keep the images, to, to filter the images. Uh, and we sit there so desiring something good for the kids to watch and have to sit there and have to censor what it is that they're watching when the media says it's okay for them to watch. Uh, let me let me uh, throw out a pitch to you. Um, uh, to review movies before you go see them, from family.org, um, who is Charles Dobson's website, uh, there's a link to Plugged In Online. Who did I say? James Dobson, sorry. Um, um, PluggedInOnline.com, and it'll give you a full review of each movie before you go and see it. And uh, I would highly recommend it. Don't go hoping it's going to be okay. Don't expose your children or yourself, for that matter, when you have the resources. You know, the Internet is bad in a lot of ways, but there are good things from it. And it allows us to get information before we go and expose ourselves to something that we don't need to be a part of. Amen? Pluggedinonline.com, I believe is what it's called. But you can get there from family.org. There is free love and there is covenant love. And you better know the difference. Free love takes, covenant love gives. Free love will give you AIDS and a home in hell. While covenant love gives you a ring and makes your life as the days of heaven here on earth. Let me tell you, your choices have consequences. We cannot think for a second that the things that we do do not have consequences. They do. America's TV generation watches Britney Spears get married one day and get divorced 48 hours later and thinks it's cool. J-Lo got married a few years ago, and after, the wet, after a week of the wedding, pundits were joyfully responding to the fact that she stayed married for a whole seven days. 
with these examples from our the ones that, that our younger generation looks up to, it's no wonder that they have no concept or the concept they have of covenant love is so messed up. Paul gives us the, the, uh, gives the world God's portrait of, of love in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, if I have not love, I am nothing. Without love, you are spiritually dead. You can go to all the seminars, you can go to, you can walk the aisle, you can, you can do all kinds of things. You can be a member of a church, you can go to Sunday school, you can, you can quote scripture. But without love, you're nothing. Do you hear me? Amen. Amen. All right. It's tough. I know what I'm saying is tough. The Bible says in 1 John 3, we know that we have passed from death to life because we can love the brethren. You know what that's saying? We know we're saved because we can love those that we couldn't love before we were saved. Anyone who does not love remains in death. If love is lacking, we are dead. Unless we love, we are not the sons and daughters of God. No matter what church membership we claim or what spiritual experience we profess. I want you to catch this. I'm going to show you some examples here. First uh, John 4, 8. It says, he who does not love does not know God. For God is love. I want to show you something. Three evidences of salvation. You may say, why are we going here? Hang in there with me. Three evidence of salvation. Number one is the confession. The confession of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth, if you've ever heard me preach almost at the end of every service, I quote this scripture. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there's a confession that is an evidence of salvation. Number two is water baptism. It says uh, water baptism is the public testimony that you have left your old life. You can imagine your old life is going into the water or into the grave and comes out clean and now walking in the newness of your faith in Christ. Your old life has been washed away. And you are standing absolutely clean before God. But if you reject baptism. You need to see this scripture. Whoever denies me before men. Him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Get baptized to show evidence that you're saved. Get baptized because Jesus Christ himself did it. Get baptized because Jesus said to do it. What's the hang up if Jesus told you to do it? There's no hang up. He said it. I'm going to do it. That does it. I've given you the story, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to be done. I've given you the story with me and Pastor Matt, me reading, me being new in, 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 uh, as a pastor and, and really learning how to minister and really learning how to take in God's Word. And I read about being baptized with spirit and fire. Now, I do believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but I went, when I read spirit and fire, I thought, 
you know what, is there a, is there a fire baptism? Well, I don't know, nobody's around, I'm out here walking around the building, I don't know what to do. God, give it to me, baptize me in fire. If it's not there, so be it, but I'm not going to miss it because I'm just going to stand here and, and read it and not act on it. So I did that, you know, no lightning bolts came out of heaven, uh, much to my chagrin. But uh, got back into my office and went to Pastor Matt, and I said, Pastor Matt, I've, uh, this is what I've done. He said, you know what, really, the one and the two are the same. But what did it cost you? Nothing. You never know. There might be something there. And I just, I just, I got that. You know, what I'm saying is, trust God. Don't let your head, lift up your head, Zoe Gates. I don't know that I ever explained that. Get my head out of the way. God, if that's what you've got for me, give it to me. You don't give a bad gift. I don't need to worry about you giving me something bad. I'm talking to you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm not talking to Satan. Give me what you've got. And reveal to me what else I need to ask for. Because I want it. So, we need to know what are the evidences of salvation. And if you don't meet these three, meet them. Quit walking around, not being baptized. You know, I think we only have one example of a, of a man being, not being baptized and him going to heaven. And it was the thief on the cross. There is grace. God's had grace on you. Now get baptized and obey him. It's good. I love instruction. I love, I love correct instruction. Even when I'm wrong, tell me the right instruction. I may not take it exactly right, but I love it. And let me, let me do that. When Pastor Matt said, Paul, I want you to do this song. may not have been my favorite song, but you know what? Doggone it. I know that he wants it. I'm going to please him by doing it. Pressure's off. I'll do that song. If the congregation hates it, it's not my problem. What I'm saying is I like to have clear direction from my authority. That way I know just how to please him. God gives us clear direction to blessing. I'm preaching a lot better than you're receiving. Maybe you're receiving, but I'm preaching a lot better than you're responding. Don't be afraid to just say, you know what, I can't get this. Maybe the baptism in the Holy Spirit's got you hung up. Maybe you're not saved and you've been standing on the fence waiting. It's time to give it up. God, what's working right now isn't, what's going on right now is not working. I'm taking you and I'm taking you wholeheartedly. Everything that you've got. So, water baptism. Then the third is love for the brethren. This is the acid test of conversion, is love for the brethren. Some confessions may be made by the mouth. And have you, have you, uh, I believe that people can go through the sinner's prayer and not mean it from their heart. They can just walk through something and, and nothing happened. I believe people can be baptized and it not be from the heart. And all you've done is just gotten wet. But you can't fake loving one another. It's too hard. It's, it's impossible to do without, uh, without the, without Jesus being in your heart. It's impossible. You can't fake it. Jesus said in John 13, 35, He said, by this we, by, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Saying, I'm going to know if you're not one of mine by the way you're loving one another if you're not. I'm, I'm not trying to scare you to say you're not saved. I'm trying to, trying to open your eyes to start loving each other. 
and to start letting some of these differences go. They're not worth it. And really, they don't matter that much. These problems between Christians and inside the church. You know what? If, if, we, if we attempted to love one another, a lot of these differences are going to fall by the wayside. Again, I'm going to come back to that scripture that if you will practice righteousness, you are righteous as he is righteous. Practice righteous. Try to love one another. God's going to give you his heart. You have the mind of Christ. You have in you the ability to love one another. But we have to try. It's not just, I'm not just going to wake up and poof, I can love everybody. I have to, I have to make an effort. I have to make an effort. I believe this is the missing ingredient in churches in America today is the basic love of Christ. Jesus commanded us in John 15, 12, love one another as I have loved you. Christ loved us unconditionally. He loved us when we did not deserve to be loved. The people who deserve love the least need it the most. So often we have qualifiers of our love. We love them because they loved us first. Or we love others because they've risen up to our expectations. Or we love others because they're made of the right stuff. Or we love others because they have money or affluence. Or we love others because they're physically attractive. But Christ has no qualifier. Christ loved us while we were still sinners. He loved us when we were covered with the stench of sin. And he loved us unconditionally. I can't help but um, apply this directly to you guys stepping out because these kids are going to come in with such hurt and such pain and probably demonic things that have gone on in their lives. And you're, you're just going to have to love them. And God's going to have, that's what we're, that's what I'm going to pray for you tonight, that God will give you that ability to love them just like Jesus loved me when I wasn't. And I'm, I'm still, I'm still dirt. Don't make me think that now I'm lovable. I, I, <laughs> I'm not going to make any eye contact with anybody because everybody's like, there is a God. There is a God. But God, you, let me tell you something. Again, I, I, I'm not, I haven't finished this book yet, but this book, uh, Unchristian, is changing my viewpoint. God loves homosexuals. God loves those that are addicted to drugs. God loves pedophiles. He doesn't love the sin. He hates the sin. But he loves the sinner and he died for those, that sinner. And we are so, the church is so judgmental when it comes to sin. Where all we're called to do is love them. If we'll love them and let them come in here, God will get them. God will get them. The church, your response is, is the epitome God will love them. And God will teach us to love them. You know what? Who says that this sin's worse than that one? 
Who are you to, to judge between sin? We've removed love and we've replaced it with judgment. We're just called to love them. You know, I, I, I really feel like immediately the light bulb's gone off. And if we can just understand that our approach isn't working, but that we are equipped to get our city. We are equipped to see change in our nation. If we will just look at each person, if we would look at the, at the unbeliever differently, just love on them. Just love on them. You know, I have people that come to me and, and, um, you know, are put in, in awkward situations and, and, uh, you know, people get married and marry into into children, or marry into into difficult situations, or or people are are, are uh, Christians are put in in the the middle of a sinful situation. And usually, my response is, just love on them, quit telling them everything they're doing wrong. They already know it, they know it, and if they don't know it, just give it time. Love them, then they'll trust you. Love them. Quit having a have a having having a separation between you and them. We need to connect to them. Let them trust us, and then they'll listen to us. There's a statement that says the world doesn't care what we know until they know that we care. They don't want to hear what you have to say because really you don't care about them. All you're doing is telling them everything they're doing wrong. You know, if all you do is tell me what I'm doing wrong, that's all you do. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm not gonna be around you. I don't care if you are a Christian. Those that speak into my life, I know they love me. You know, my wife is the, is my, is, is, is the one that I receive criticism from probably the worst, but she's the one I need it from the most. But something about a wife can just push a button that no one else can push. And you know what? There's a response that I've got down deep in me that I didn't know was there and I want gone rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get out of me. I need to work on her delivery so I can receive my criticism a little bit better. I'm kidding. God tests me through her. You know what? Your wife should be sharpening you. And that's what she said. It's iron sharpening iron. I'm like, like I'm going to vomit right here. In the car. But when the dust had settled, literally, it was iron sharpening iron. And I can receive it. But if all you're doing is on my case all the time, never wanting to spend time with me, never wanting to know about me and me know about you and us having a relationship, all you're wanting to do is fuss. I don't want to be around that. Who wants to be around that? Yet when we're in, in the presence of sinners, all we do is talk about everything they're doing wrong. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love on you for just a minute. I'm just going to care about you. I'm going to ask about you. And I'm going to be there for you. And God, you're going to have to do a miracle because I can't save this person. And I can't get them out of homosexuality. I can't do it. But you can. And I'm going to commit to be involved in your life. And I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to see this thing through. It's on your time, God. 
but I'm going to get myself right in the middle. And that's, I believe that's what you guys are doing. I hope you've received tonight. Um, this is kind of where we're going to be for the next few weeks um, is on love. And I desire for us to change. And let me tell you, it needs to start with me. Uh, I want to change. And I want to view those that come in here that, that do not know Christ and that are in the middle of sin. I need to learn how to love them and how to receive them. You know, when the Brownsville revival broke out, prostitutes and street people came flooded in off the street into the church. And the church didn't know what to do. But the outpouring of God so changed that whole city. I'm looking for that outpouring, but I also want to be changed while I'm trying to get there. But we need to be able to receive the lost and all the baggage that comes with them. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you. I just ask you to help us. Help us here, Lord. And I ask you to help my delivery and, and, and enable me to, to proclaim your word as you give it. And, Lord, I ask that it would be received. Lord, help us to love. Your word says that they will know we are Christians by our love. Lord, I want people to see love in me. And, Lord, I don't want to be judgmental, for it says that if I judge, I'm going to be judged. Lord, you're the righteous judge. Funny thing is, you're wanting us to win those the lost. Not run them off. Not tell them what they're doing wrong. Get them in the presence of God and you will deal with them. You will bring conviction. A way You can only bring conviction in a way that we can't bring. I just thank you, Lord, that you're going to move in this place and we're going to change. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, just stick around just a little bit longer. We're going to do just a, a, little, a little thing here. If all my deacons and deacons' wives would come come up pastors and pastors wives and christy and brian i'm gonna put you right in the right in the hot seat and your children not not oh well i don't care if the deacons and deacons wives come children come up too but of course daniel and and uh hannah and brian and christy if y'all don't mind i want y'all just to sit right here and let us gather around you break protocol and I'm going to ask mom and dad we all come up also I would ask you as we pray